Before we start this special edition of the Financial Crime Weekly, just a quick mention to Sora Shimazaki at Pexels, who took the photograph which adorns the cover art of the podcast. Let's crack on. Hello and welcome to this special edition of the Financial Crime Weekly, where I thought it might be quite interesting to take a quick spin around the register of overseas entities, which went live today, Monday the 1st of August 2022. Now before today, an overseas company that owned property in the United Kingdom didn't need to divulge ownership or control of the company. This has changed with the flurry of activities surrounding the Russian invasion of Ukraine and the hasty path through Parliament of the Economic Crime Transparency and Enforcement Act, which came into law on the 15th of March this year. Now, this provides the background primary legislation, which made a number of changes to various aspects of financial and economic crime, but it also provides the backdrop for the Register of Overseas Entities. Now, the Register itself has been enacted over the last couple of months through a series of enabling provisions in secondary legislation, And we've looked at these in various weeks of the Financial Crime Weekly podcast where we've highlighted changes that have been made to the regime. And there have also been a a number of blog posts from Companies House and other entities relating to the register, such that here we are today with the register live. Now, is this a big issue? Is there anything really in this? Is it that much of a problem? Well... It probably is, actually. There's a, there was an article in the London Evening Standard um, a few months ago which highlighted the issue, particularly in the context of Russian-owned property in London only. And they discovered that there were 1,895 Russian-owned properties in London, which was more than double the official data. Now, the official data is 795. So there's clearly some kind of issue of opaic ownership of London property by entities outside the United Kingdom. So there is a problem and this is what the legislation is designed to address through the register. So what is it? Well the register of overseas entities is a public register which shows overseas entities with beneficial ownership of land in the United Kingdom. So foreign owners who buy or intend to buy land in the UK will have to reveal themselves as the true beneficial owners of the land by submitting information to Companies House. Now, Companies House has a crucial role to play here. Looked at previous weeks at the blogs posted by Companies House to see, uh, so we could see their preparedness for what was going to happen. So they have a crucial role, and I'll say a bit more about that shortly. Now, in terms of what amounts to land, the question is not uniform across the United Kingdom because of the separate jurisdictions within the United Kingdom. So when you're talking about land, the elements of the United Kingdom influence that answer. So if we start with England and Wales, freehold estate, the freehold estate is caught, and also a leasehold estate which has been granted for seven years from the date of the grant. Scotland, different. A relevant interest in property is ownership of property, a lease of more than 20 years, or an assignation of a lease for more than 20 years where the application to register the overseas entity as owner or tenant was made on or after the 8th of December 2014. In Northern Ireland, a relevant interest in property is freehold or a lease of more than 21 years 
where the application to register the overseas entity as owner or tenant was made on or after the 5th of September 2022. Now, as some of that discussion will hopefully have identified, particularly in relation to Scotland, where I provided a date, the register of overseas entities is retrospective. So it doesn't just apply to future transactions, but it also applies to transactions which have already happened. So in relation to England and Wales, it will operate in respect of any land which was bought from the 1st of January 1999. Scotland has indicated it's the 8th of December 2014, but there is no retrospective provision for Northern Ireland, so the operative date for NI is the 5th of September 2022. There is one other retrospective provision, and it relates to those circumstances where those were trying to avoid the register of overseas entities by disposing of land since the 28th of February 2022. Now, this was the moment when the register of overseas entities was announced. So if you did try to get rid of your land or you have got rid of your land from the, from the 20, 28th of February 2022, you still need to register. Now, what is an overseas entity for the purposes of the register? Well, it's an individual person, a non-UK incorporated company, a limited liability partnership, government or public authority, or non-UK partnership. Now, each of those forms of overseas entity that own or land or purchase land will be required to identify their beneficial owners and provide information about itself, its beneficial owners, and managing officers to company's house. In terms of what amounts to a beneficial owner, the definition of a beneficial owner is intended to align with existing provisions. So it's supposed to align with the UK's people with significant control register, which applies to UK legal entities. A beneficial owner will meet one or more of the following conditions. They either hold directly or indirectly more than 25% of the shares in an overseas entity. They either hold directly or indirectly more than 25% of the voting rights in an overseas entity. They have the right to appoint or remove a majority of the board of directors, or they exercise or have the right to exercise significant influence or control. Now, as I said, that information has to be provided to Companies House. So Companies House plays an important role. In fact, it's central to the Register of Overseas Entities. It will maintain the register and provide registered entities with an overseas entity identification, which they will then need in order to deal with land. So overseas entity who wants to deal with land will have to provide this identification, this overseas identity, uh, overseas entity identification to the land registry when that overseas entity seeks to deal with land either by buying it, selling it, transferring it, leasing it or mortgaging it, something like that. Now, what does the overseas entity need in order to apply? Well, each overseas entity that applies to register with Companies House must submit a registration application which contains the following information. A statement concerning the information provided about beneficial owners and where obtained the necessary required information. A further statement that the overseas entity has complied with its duty to take steps to identify beneficial owners. Any further information relating to the verification of beneficial owners and their managing officers. 
and the contact details of a person who may be contacted about the registration. In terms of the obligations that arise under the register, they are continuing obligations. It's not just a one-off, you register and that's it. Once registered, an overseas entity will be required to update that information provided annually. Within 14 days of each update period, the registered overseas entity must provide a statement confirming that it has no reasonable cause to believe that anyone has become or ceased to be a registrable beneficial owner during the update period or provide details of any changes. Now, care will need to be taken over these deadlines and systems and controls would need to be put in place within a relevant entity to see that the deadlines are observed in case any sanction is likely to come for failure to observe them. In terms of verification, yes, of course, the information which is provided must be verified. They're not going to accept just anything. The verification has to be undertaken by, undertaken by certain forms of institution. Broadly, these are already institutions which are subject to control under the Money Laundering Regulations 2017, known as relevant persons. These include what you might expect, the usual suspects, I call them, for example, credit institutions, financial institutions, auditors, insolvency practitioners, independent legal professionals, and so on. Now, service professionals are already in the loop here. As we know, they're exposed to primary money laundering offences under the Proceeds of Crime Act. They're in, uh, exposed to, to the secondary money laundering offences under the Proceeds of Crime Act 2002, the so-called failure to disclose offences. They're also subject to the money laundering regulations, so compliance professionals are really in the loop here in terms of money laundering, but also Section 32 of the 2022 Act, the primary enacting legislation, creates a criminal offence, the general false statement offence, for a person without reasonable excuse to deliver or cause to be delivered to the registrar any document that is misleading, false or deceptive in a material particular or to make to the registrar any statement that is misleading, false or deceptive in a material particular. As indicated, this is a heavy compliance obligation, and one wonders whether particularly any institution which is a relevant person would be willing to undertake the role because of the potential legal risk associated with this and the additional compliance burden which it represents. Although I suppose the counter-argument that, that is that if your compliance is already on point because of all the other obligations you have to observe, this may be a very minor addition to it with relatively limited economies of scale. It's already bound up in what you do anyway. Okay, in terms of timing, Overseas entities who own property in the United Kingdom have six months from when the register comes into force, so from the 1st of August 2022, to become registered. After this, the entity and its officers will be deemed to have committed an offence if they fail to become registered. So I suppose that takes us right up to the back end of January 2023. In terms of the penalties for failure to comply, well... The, the corporation as well as the directors can be liable under the legislation so there's liability to the corporation but there's also personal liability to those who are officers of the company. Liability can arise from failing to register, failing to update the register or as already indicated delivering false information to the registrar to company's house. In terms of what they can do they can place restrictions on dealings that you might have with land, 
they can impose daily fines, and in the most extreme kind of case, they can uh, ask for a term of imprisonment of up to five years. That would, I suspect, be incredibly rare for that to happen. So, there you go. Whistle-stop tour of the Register of Overseas Entities. Thanks for listening. If you want to, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Back on Sunday, all being well, with the usual Financial Crime Weekly. 